Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild. I'm Ashley Sanchez. We have Aaron Keller back with us on Zoom. Aaron, you missed a week and we missed you. So welcome back. And then we have one of our in-house bear experts, bear biologist Heather Reich. Thank you both for being here. Thanks for having me. Of yeah, course. good to be back. <laughs> so um, last week we actually had our urban wildlife coordinators on who said they had been getting more wildlife sightings with people being home. But this year we're actually seeing a huge increase in bear activity and that has way more to do with other factors than people being home and spotting them. Is that, would you say that's accurate, Heather? Absolutely, it's, it's turning out to be sort of an unprecedented year for us. And why is that? Well, um, it's a combination of things. So let's, let's have a really brief nutshell study of biology. Uh, right now is when the bears are entering into that high score Scrabble word hyperphagia, which is when bears start needing to put on upwards of 25,000 calories a day in preparation for denning. Now in a typical year, they are up in the higher elevations taking advantage of berries and all sorts of good food up high. Uh, however, we are looking at a pretty significant lack of natural food resources in the higher elevations. I was up in um, those areas specifically looking for berries last week and the manzanita berries are itty bitty little tiny berries and they're just not going to provide the caloric impact on bears that they need right now. So that is driving bears down to the valley where we still have some food and our berry crops and things like that are um, normal. This is a normal thing for bears. If there's no food up high, they come down low. If you were to imagine Truckee Meadows and Carson Valley without humans, there would be all sorts of natural foods in the creek beds and things like that. Um, however, in this situation, they run into people. Uh, so they're taking advantage of really great fruit tree crops that we're having this year uh, and everything else that comes with people, our bird feeders, our garbage, things like that. Um, we're seeing bears that we haven't heard from in over a decade coming down. Um, so it's, it's a pretty unprecedented year for all of the bears coming down and people need to be prepared for it. And yeah, we usually do get calls here and there in the valley, but it's usually later in fall when there's no longer natural food sources up high. Um, so, and we've just been getting them all summer pretty much. We're seeing levels of calls that we typically don't see until late September, early October. It's, uh, it's really overwhelming right now, the number of bear calls that we're, we're receiving inside the McCarran Loop in Reno, which again, we don't usually see this until September. Bears are taking advantage of fruit that's not even ripe yet. They just need food. Wow, and it's almost like they follow that, a ditch or whatever that's providing them vegetation, and then all of a sudden they come across a garbage and a feast in fruit trees and a feast is laid out for them, basically. Absolutely. Those, uh, the old irrigation ditches, the ravines, the creeks that come into Reno, of course, the Truckee River, 
Those are all travel corridors for bears that they are going to take advantage of that cover um, to be able to move in and out of urban areas. Sorry, I have dogs. <laughs> Every single person we've had on here, I think there's been at least one bark in the background and now left their dogs. Boomy, <laughs> stop it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's for anybody that's listening and you've taken a walk around Reno or you've ridden bikes on any of the bike paths, I mean, there's green strips everywhere that come down out of the mountains. Yep. That you might not be aware, but there's, you know, anything could be coming up and down those. Um, and bears will take advantage of that, you know, at night or um, when nobody's around. And I always feel like we say the same information over and over again to us, it's old news, but to people who all of a sudden they're seeing bears in their neighborhoods, what are the main things people should be doing um, to, well, for one, prevent a bear from coming to their neighborhood, but then one, after one does come, what do they do? There's really no way to prevent them from coming into the neighborhoods. Uh, if they have a travel corridor, they're coming in looking for food because there's still natural resources along those travel corridors. Uh, it's when they find unsecured food that they start kind of bouncing into people. So um, the thing that we say all the time, secure your garbage. That's where it usually starts is our good, smelly, high calorie garbage. So people can put them inside a garage, but folks that are in Washoe, Carson, uh, waste management will bring you a bear resistance container. We are starting here at Douglas Disposal in Dock quite yet. So they've started a waiting list, but that's very exciting news that folks in Douglas County also will have that. Bird feeders. We usually tell people, take them in at night, put them out during the day. The rules have changed for 2020. Bring in your bird feeders till Thanksgiving at the very earliest. Bears are active during the day right now, trying to find those calories and bird feeders are, uh, just, just take them down. Just, I know we love the birds. I know we love feeding the birds. They're very pretty, but please take the bird feeders down till Thanksgiving. Um, fruit trees are a huge issue right now. Um, bears are going to damage the trees. So if you want your fruit trees, you need to either glean them or put electric fence up around them. If you don't care about your fruit trees, then can you maybe just take them down so that the attractant just isn't even there. Uh, those fruit trees need to be secured because um, bears are going to be all over them right now. And then you did cut out a little bit. Erin, did she cut out for you too or is that my computer? Yeah, no, that's just one of those things about Zoom. Yeah, um, you were giving really awesome. important information. It was about the uh, bears or the wildlife, excuse me, resistant containers. You, I think you were in the process of saying Washoe actually, Washoe and Carson. Washoe and Carson Waste Management will offer them. You just have to call them and request. Douglas County, uh, Douglas Disposal in Douglas County is in the beginning stages of getting bears or wildlife at a waiting list for people that are interested in it. They just don't have it in stock yet. That's awesome. So I, I, every time you go to talk about it, I think this podcast has something against wildlife resistant <laughs> containers, but I, we heard most of it. So reach out to waste management if you're in Washoe and Carson and then Douglas, should people just reach out to them to get on that waiting list? Yes. Okay. That's yes. exciting. And that was one thing I know that's been coming up this year. If you live in those areas of high bear activity, really the only way to secure your trash 
is with a wildlife resistant container and with our counties offering them, yes. it's worth it to reach out and get one. It's a pretty minimal increase to your fee. They do have to cover the added cost of a beefier can, but um, it's a heck of a lot cheaper than the fine that you'll be incurred if you are in violation of the garbage ordinance. Exactly. And then on top of that, it's just, you want to be responsible. Um, we want to keep our bears safe and wild. We want to keep people safe. So all around, it's a good thing to get your wildlife resistant containers. Yes. Yeah, so, we've been, oh, what were you going to say? We've been home so much, you know, we're riding bikes and walking the neighborhoods and things like that. And necessarily in the city or I, and I don't really think of myself as living outside the city, but there are, the fruit trees are going crazy. All yeah, the apple trees, all the um, blackberry bushes, they're, I mean, everything. When we go on bike rides, the boys, you know, love to stop and, and check them out and stuff. But Yep, yep. It started in late June with cherry trees. And then we moved on to, I think pear trees came on. And then, you know, we'll be looking at apple trees pretty shortly here. So, yeah. yeah. Our uh, uh, lady that works in our office has a cherry tree. And she pulled like something like 23 one gallon bags of cherries off her tree and, uh, you know, supplied everybody with cherries, which was great. But you think about it, yeah, I mean, that would be a perfect spot for a bear to find. Yeah, exactly. So it's like we have this dry year up high, but then all of a sudden it happens to be an amazing year for fruit trees in the valleys. So some different factors playing into this. Sorry, I was just going to say it's very reflective of 2018. We had the same situation, but it seems a little worse this year. And Aaron, what were you saying? Oh, I was going to ask if, if these rains that we've had recently, you know, along kind of the Reno, Carson, Gardnerville area, will that help or will it, it won't, it's too late now? It's too late. Our, uh, our, our natural food resources are pretty much based on the winter and snow melt and how fast the snow melts and soil moisture and you just you get into some more technical stuff but basically we didn't have a big snow year and the snow melted off so fast that there wasn't a lot of snow that melted into the soil to provide enough moisture to sustain our natural food. Got it. So basically, um, we need people to be following this information because fall is actually when our calls pick up and we're already getting those calls. But when do they start to die down um, in a typical year? Really, on a typical year, our bears are not completely denned up until about Christmas time. So people will need to be very vigilant all fall into December. And what we always say is, I mean, even past fall and December, it, it's important you might as well just follow this, these tips year round because if the food's there, the bears could not even hibernate if they're sensing that food's available to them. If we have a warm winter with no snow, there's still going to be insects out and bears will be taking advantage of that. We had, uh, I think it was 2017, we had hardly any snow in the pine nuts and there were actually a couple of collared bears that never went into the den. So, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that we'll have some bear activity, not at this level, but some bear activity all winter long. Good information to have. And that actually takes us to our break. We will be right back. You're listening to Nevada Wild. 
to Saskatchewan where the getting's good if you're getting gone. I'm gonna put my boots and my hat back on cause I'm long gone to Saskatchewan. Long gone to Saskatchewan. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, we are talking about the bear activity we've had this year and what people should be doing just to be responsible living in bear country. Um, Aaron, you were giving me a hard time during the break because I basically did what a lot of people do to us in general, and I made <laughs> Heather predict the weather. <laughs> so sorry, Heather. Yeah, yeah it's a uh, you know with Zoom, it's always kind of funny. We're not in the same room, so the podcast is a little different. Where I would be normally giving Ashley a hard time all the way through the podcast, you know, now I have to wait to the break to <laughs> steal the mic from Heather. But I was just joking that Heather's a bear biologist and not a fortune teller, and she won't be able to tell <laughs> when the winter is going to come. I mean, it's only August, so we're just like I get what you well, what you were asking. Yeah, my point On is a normal year, hypothetically speaking, and expect calls to die down. Or, and since uh, we're not fortune tellers, bear um, being responsible or wait, what am I saying? What is our saying? Living in bear. Yes, living in bear country is a year-round responsibility. So anyways, moving on. Um, So Heather, we did get into fruit a little bit. That's one of the big issues we've been seeing this year, but um, we did not talk about electric fencing yet because that is a great option available to people. Absolutely. Uh, You know, for folks that want their fruit trees to uh, survive bears <laughs> and not get damaged, they can easily look into electric fencing. And when I mention electrifying a fruit tree, I'm not talking about put a little bit of electric around the base of the tree. You want that electric to go out as far as all of the branches reach, because if the bears can grab the branch, the bears can cause damage. It's really easy to do. We have resources on our website and actually uh, a couple of videos explaining how to put up electric fence, a whole guidebook on what kind of fencing to use, jewel ratings of energizers, pretty much everything you never wanted to have to know about electrifying for bears. Uh, And there's a great product called electric net fencing, which is just what it sounds like. It's a, a net and it comes pretty much ready to be deployed out. So you just stick a bunch of stakes in the ground, hook up your energizer, and you're all set. And it's really easy to bring in during the winter and store away. It's not a permanent setup. So um, for folks that are interested in that, just go to our website, uh, to our bear awareness page, and we have a whole bunch of great information about that. And that also applies to folks with chicken coops and beehives. Bears are going to bump into that. I know a lot of people that have a single bear hive in their backyard in really dense residential areas. You are at risk for bears. So take steps to secure them now rather than lose your hard-earned honey or chickens. Exactly. That's that brings up a good point with the chicken coop or chickens in general. You're looking at the damage to your chicken coop even if they just get in there and don't find what they want. They're still gonna, I mean, those things, 
are so strong. They'll rip the door right off the chicken coop. Oh yeah, I I, uh, I saw a video from a home where the bear opened the door to the chicken coop like it was a refrigerator door, would take out a roosting chicken and then close the door just like you would your refrigerator. So yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> they're tricky little guys. <laughs> yeah, they're one of the coolest animals to see though. Yeah, they're pretty neat. They're always a step ahead of me, and I respect them for that. Yep. Yeah, I had a, a family friend that went up to Lake Tahoe, and they went up there four or five times just looking, just kind of like driving around where they thought that they would see a bear. And it took them, I think, like four or five trips before they saw one, but then they actually saw a bear and gave me a call, and they were super excited about it. But yeah, they're such a cool animal. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, I'll go back to the electric fencing really quick. Uh, even if it's just a single tree, it's worth it. I, there's a gentleman in Carson and he has one historic plum tree in his yard and every year he'll call me and say, is it time to put up the fence? Usually a month ahead of time. And this year I said, put it up right now. <laughs> Don't wait that extra month, put it up right now. And, and he has never had a bear touch the plum tree since he started doing that. Wow, so we actually see it working for people and it's it's not that hard in our, re we have video, we even have how-to videos on if people do go to endow.org on that bear awareness page. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've worked exhaustively to try and make the resources readily available and easy to find for anyone that is wanting to secure attractants on their property. Exactly. Yeah, and then those those electric fences, they run, I mean, you can get them where they run off solar, right? Yes, yes. You have options there, solar, uh, electric, battery. There's there's all sorts of options out there for folks. Right, so if somebody's listening and they're, uh, you know, they want to look into it, they just go to endout.org and uh, you'll find all sorts of information on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty much any attractant you have outside, anything that smells good, or might look good and provide food to a bear, that's a good option, electric fencing. When you can't bring it inside, the other option would be electric fencing. So. You can electrify everything. You could electrify around your mailbox if you wanna do that. There's nothing that can't have electric fence put up around it. Very good information. And I don't know if people always know, understand, especially people like we're seeing bears in more areas that we usually don't. So I don't know if people realize that's a resource that's there. I think also a lot of people have a little bit of a fear of electric and electric was is actually created to not cause any kind of fatality. That's why they have the pulsing is if you were to have a high enough electric, which these electric fences are not that, that you have a break in the electric to get your hand off of the electric fence, but it is made to either include or exclude animals. And so it is not meant to kill anything. It's just a deterrent. So, you know, while your dog may touch the fence or a small child may touch the fence and, you know, there'll be a little bit of howling about it, but there's no danger to it. It just kind of hurts a little bit. Good to know. And then also something I did want to ask you, it's a question I get asked a lot too is, um, while we're talking about how to secure our properties, what do you do if you do end up seeing a bear on your property? You know, you are welcome to call us and we will happily record that sighting. 
uh, it does help us keep track of where we're having some increased bear activity that actually allows us to target neighborhoods and get the information out to folks in that neighborhood. We're taking advantage of the Nextdoor app to do really big blanket announcements. Hey, there's some high bear activity in your area but don't be concerned about it. Um, again, Truckee Meadows, Carson, Washoe Valley, this is all known bear habitat. We are expecting bears to be in the area. We always get people that say, hey, you know, it's been 20 years that I've lived here and I've never seen a bear. Um, it, it's just by chance. <laughs> you just haven't seen it. Um, but this is bear area. You should expect to have them there. You're welcome to call us about a sighting, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to require a response on our part other than a little lecture saying, hey, do you have any bird feeders, garbage, fruit trees that might need to be secured? Exactly. So, and it's, so that's something too, is a, one reason people don't see them a lot is they don't necessarily want to be around people. Bears want to avoid us unless they start associating us with trash and yummy food. So, yeah, and a lot of people, you know, the whole ring doorbell uh, phenomenon that we're seeing, a lot of people are suddenly realizing, holy smokes, there's a lot of wildlife in my life that I would never know about because they come through in the dark. Oh, yeah, you don't even think about that. I'm sure technology has had an impact on just why people notice bears now and they didn't before. Yeah, absolutely. And it brings up a, a non-bear thing. I actually was just contacted by an individual out of Collin Ranch that caught a mountain lion on their ring doorbell. And uh, that is not out of the ordinary either. So this natural food shortage that we're seeing affects deer too. So deer are also driving down into the valleys and where there are deer, there are going to be mountain lions. So kind of same thing applies. You know, you need to keep those attractants, watch out for your pets, keep attractants secure, but it's not unusual. It is not, if, if they're out in the dark, that's when we expect them. That's when they're working on their prey base, those deer. Uh, but it's not to be something that people panic about. These are all animals that we have had here for a very long time. People are just suddenly seeing them on their security cameras and it's alarming. I can understand that, but not unusual. Exactly. So is there, we're down to the last few minutes. Is there any other information you want to get out there to people? I feel like you've given a lot of good, good stuff. Is there anything else while we have you here? I think you know, just ask everyone to be very vigilant. Uh, if you've never had a bear in your area before, you still need to be vigilant. Um, you know, I, I'm asking people to just please be tolerant, understand why the bears are here. They have no food up high. So they're coming to where they need to find food. And um, so many people are calling and asking us to move the bear. We're not going to do that. They're doing what's perfectly normal. They are in bear habitat. Folks just need to be patient and tolerant and understand that it is going to be a very long fall for all of us, including the bears. Exactly. So that's, and one thing people could be doing to help is by doing all these steps that we've outlined, securing your trash, keeping your fruit trees cleaned up. Um, that's, the best thing people could be doing to help us. Yeah, and I would just like to add that the last, I mean, on our website, we do have a bunch of information. So if you're looking to kind of read up or you have a few minutes to, to watch some videos or to learn a little bit more, um, to go to our website and, and click around a little bit and, and kind of educate yourself on, on 
the steps that you could be taking. I would ask really people to be proactive rather than reactive. Don't wait for the bear. Try and secure your attractant so you just don't ever have to deal with it. That's a really good point. So in this year, just one more reminder, you may see a bear in your neighborhood. Again, it's not caused to freak out or anything, but um, it may seem weird because you've never seen one there. And it's just part of, it's just part of the nature of living here in Reno. So that pretty much wraps it up. Um, again, I would direct people to head to endow.org. It's the bear awareness page under Nevada Wildlife. Heather and our other biologist, Carl, they have put a ton of work into that page. So lots of good resources. And Heather, thank you. I know you're so busy this year. And so I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. I appreciate the chance to uh, reach out to a broader audience. So thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you both. And thank you everyone for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.